Hi there and welcome to another episode of Sensational, the special educational needs podcast, which is brought to you by With Slack Group. My name's Claire, Events Manager for the group, and I'm delighted to be bringing you this episode, which will be focusing on succeeding through sport and the positive benefits for neurodiverse minds. Now, I wouldn't say that, you know, I'm a sporty person at all. I know when sports day was coming around the corner as a child, I would get pretty anxious about trying to squeeze under the benches that were always part of the obstacle course. And I think, you know, that sort of thing stuck with me as a child. Um, so it's only as I've got into adulthood that I found lots of joy and actually quite a bit of peace of mind in um, running and, and a nice long walk. So bearing what I've just said in mind, sport can have a massive positive impact on our children. We also recognise that it might not feel like it's for every child at that time. Or it might just be about identifying some means of encouraging children to get involved in physical activity. So today we have a great guest for you, someone who is extremely passionate about sport, and that is Ed Wright, Deputy Head Teacher at Dovetree School and Avon Park School, both schools we are part of with SAC Group. So Ed, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Now, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your yeah, work? Yeah, of course. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm a Deputy Head at Dovetree and at Avon Park, both in schools uh, in the Midlands. My role before I became deputy through with us like was assistant head at Avon Park, but also PE lead from previous experiences that have happened in previous roles. So I've kind of yeah. took it on there. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited to be here. So you're in a good position to be talking us through today's topic, I would say. Um, so that's great. Thanks very much. And we'll get started with our questions. So how would you say exercise or being involved in sports can improve, improve a neurodiverse child's behaviour? I'm really glad that you said the word exercise there, because I think um, using the word sport can put off a lot of people. Yeah, it, it makes you think of competitiveness. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that. As long as something's yeah. raising your heart rate, uh, which I'm sure we'll come to uh, later on, but as long as something's raising your heart rate, um, making you feel... Like you can have a conversation, but you know you, you, you're struggling for breath a little bit. That's all that matters. So I'm really pleased that you, you mentioned that. Um, some of the basic reasons um, you can learn. To, young people can learn to work through challenges. They can develop those real life resilience skills that you know so I've, I've missed a goal, or I've missed a pass, or I've missed a shot, or I've, I've ran out of the lines, or something like that. Yeah. We know that our neurodiverse children. Um, some sometimes struggle with that um, and through sport you can learn those life skills through there that real life resilience teamwork it doesn't have to be in a massive 11 aside uh world cup final um it can be playing um tig on the on the playground or it could be yeah. um playing a doubles badminton game um anything like that it really working with uh, each other and working with your peers and taking advice and guidance, you know, that, that's what we need to have as we're growing older. Uh, we still learn. Um, and I know that I got an awful lot through sport and exercise. And I'm sure if you ask a lot, you mentioned already. Yeah, mine was. Yes, yeah, but it still helped you do, develop that resilience. I wasn't going to do it. And, and now <laughs> yeah. you're here, you know, you, you're presenting and all those kind of things. Um, and yeah. engagement in something that isn't their normal. Yeah. We are always preparing our young people for adulthood and to be successful and under controlled, really considered um, situations, 
having that engagement where a young person feels it's okay to fail. Um, yeah. You can do that through sport. You can do that through sport and exercise. And I'm going to keep saying sport, but when I actually, I I mean, anything that raises your heart. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. So let's start my next question now. Exercise or sporting activity (laughs) can be created out of anything, can't it? You know, I know you've come up with some really imaginative ideas in the past. Uh, Sockminton. Yes, Sockminton, yeah. Yeah. just one and um, so there are so are there any specific sports that you find neurodiverse children and young people lean towards um, and if so what would these be you know what have you seen the benefits as being okay. um so sockminton um was created for our lockdown um <laughs> we wanted not only young people at avon park but across the group but it was a way for young people to uh, engage in some sort of exercise using equipment that they had around them and we'd like to think that everybody either had a sock or a towel um but going back to your question um is there anything specific no i've not found that there is any specific taste with neurodiverse children all children enjoy different things so it, it does have to be introduced carefully and usually you build that up through primary or early secondary and build those up. So if, if a young person's come to, come to us from mainstream school, whether that's mainstream primary or secondary, the likelihood is I found that they've either loved sport or an exercise or absolutely hated it. There's no yeah. gray area in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so either really hooking them in um, with some sort of exercise through PE or some sort of enrichment um, to really enhance that further or to find out, I'm, why, what is the barriers? And a lot of the time it's that fear. And I mentioned that fear of failure. And I've got some examples, which I'm, I'm sure I might be able to discuss later on about young people that have had that fear and, and have really mm-hmm. succeeded. But yeah. I think under support for, for children with social and interaction difficulties, you know, uh, uh, the children that we, we support and, and, and help across Wiverslack or these neurodiverse young people, they just need to have it in a, in a particular way. Going out and just playing football on the mugger every every week isn't going to help them. Um, yeah. Or it, I'm assuming everybody knows what a mugger is because otherwise I could just be describing something else here. <laughs> it's a multi-use uh, games area. <clears throat> that's what mugger stands for. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's not going to help them learn anything because they're not developing yeah. any skills. Um, we're helping them through PE and through activities um, with with a Slack to develop those skills. So if they want to, they can go to Pathways. Um, but Sport England have invested millions of pounds to help young people access sport at home, um, yeah. home exercises and out in their local community. And the Youth Sports Trust uh, has a huge amount of accessible videos and links to, to like Fantastic. just generic exercises and national yeah. government body pathways. And I'm sure we've all heard of Joe Wicks, that sport, you know? Of course. I remember he, him well. He did a cracking the... job. So Yeah. Um, okay, then. So moving on. Team sports can be fantastic for team building, which you've already mentioned. Um, it's, you know, it's a great skill for everybody, no matter what their age. However, for our children, I imagine taking part in team sports can have, you know, pluses and minuses. The pluses being, you know, the development of friendships, team spirit, taking pride in your team. And maybe the minuses are when 
it comes to managing certain situations and things haven't gone to plan or when a team loses. So so what's your understanding or belief around this and how have you seen those pluses and minuses impact the children you work with? Um, yeah, it is. It, it can be tough. It can be tough yeah. for some of our young people. Um, the key area that I found that we've we've done successfully at Avon Park and Dovetree is firstly the young people have to have positive relationships and trust in those adults. Irrespective yeah. of whether it's um, sport, exercise, English, maths, science, whatever, they have to have that faith that, do you know what, if they're going to fail, it's okay. They're not going to get shouted out. They're not going to be berated. They're not going to be yeah. ridiculed. And relationships are key in in all aspects and all areas of life, um, whether you're four years old or whether you're 104, it doesn't matter. Um, so again, carefully and supported planning and, and, and consideration to what the young people can do and what they need support with. We've just, I've always got to think in my head that sport prepares young people for life or exercise prepares young people for life, irrespective of whether it's swimming I do or um, tag rugby that uh, one of my colleagues does or um, yoga that another colleague does that's preparing mm-hmm. them for life. Um, if they haven't gone to plan and they inevitably don't go to plan all the time. It's but, one yeah. of the reasons why our young people have got these superpowers. Um, yeah. They know that at no point, if they have done something that is, that is, that they've made a mistake on the pitch that's, or on the court or in exercise that's down to them not knowing, ultimately that's my fault um, because I haven't informed them enough. Right, okay. um, if it's behaviour, that's a that's a that's a separate area, and obviously through yeah. through group, we've got some amazing uh, pastoral support. We've got amazing teachers and TAs and HLTAs and loads of people that can help support. But I can remember one young person who's now in year eight, who's at Avon Park, that could not cope with losing, simply couldn't cope yeah. cope with losing. Um, and when I first met this young person, when he joined Avon Park in year seven. I was tipping one or two ways. Do I support this young person to go, do you know what? He's going to achieve something. So getting rid of that competitive element. Or do I go, you know what? I've got a group of young people in his class that I know are supportive. Uh, Yeah. Do we just manage it and help him get through that together? Uh He'd go off and walk around the playground or at the end of the hall. And ultimately, for want of a better word, and I'm sure there are better words, he had a sulk. It doesn't mean that he's going to be able to continue with that. Um, so it now got to a sulk that would last for 30 minutes. And it now okay. lasts for me counting down to five. So oh, he can have yeah, that. Yeah. He can have that feel of, oh, I'm annoyed because I've done something wrong. It's all right to yeah. do that. That's okay. That's yeah. natural, isn't um, it? Yeah. But I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll count down, right, got five. And by, by what, even before one, he, he's back in and, yeah. Sorted. And he's back, back in. in. Yeah. Having a good- yeah good good stuff okay so we'll move on now to our our next question so have you had any experience with children who weren't interested in sports and you know you've managed to turn them around to it perhaps by looking at sports that would have usually been alien to them um and if so what strategies did you use and what positive impact did it have on them Uh, i think what i've found is is the biggest the two biggest barriers is that they don't like sport PE or, or or activities for fear of failure being number one yeah 
yeah. and mm-hmm. linked to that uh, being ridiculed by previous peers. I'm certain that there's a few others, but they're very minor. But I think you can definitely yeah. um, compartmentalize those into those two. Um, one young person who started again at Avon Park um, in year six was adamant that they were not going to do PE. They were not going to do sport. I don't like it. I don't do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, And basically there's nothing you can do. Yeah. (laughs) By the end of it, um, and I'll go through the the, the process, but giving away the end of the story, um, this young person was playing part of the football team and taking part in sports day and really wanting to help and being a coach and being a peer support Um, to others and a role model in their class. And, you know, it's talking through it, planning these sessions, discussing the the outcome that you would normally do in, in a normal lesson. So having the learning objective on the board, having a success criteria that makes sense to them. They go, okay, I can, I can see that. So this young person would be, you know what, I want you to be in, in this, in this uh, lesson for, all the lesson, if you want to take part, you can. But I just want you to see, I want you to observe how it is. PE and sport is different to every other lesson. I would say it's yeah. the best. <laughs> of course I would. I'm sure all the other people that are listening that are teachers are going, oh, no, 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 no. Um, but <laughs> and I say that with a, with a smile on my face. The young people need to have that consistency that they're going into from one lesson. So say it's maths and they're going into another lesson. They need to see that success criteria on the board. They need to see the learning yeah, objectives. Yeah. They need to see what they're going to be doing in each lesson, um, whether it's warm up, what we're doing with the warm up. How are we going to do the warm up? How is that linked to to sport? How is that linked to our overall objective for the end of the unit? Yeah. At the each end of each unit, all the young people know that they are going to be competing whether that's within a mm-hmm. class, whether that's within a year group, whether that's within a school. So they yeah. have that, and we keep bringing that up to them every single lesson. Remember, you're going to be working as hard as you can, as hard as you can, not anybody else, um, to to perform. And that's the way that we did our assessments. Yeah. And the kids bought into it. Our, the, the badminton competitions were renowned through the local area we'd hire out <laughs> rugby school and have the rugby school like sports hall out with it was wow. 70 kids playing badminton yeah all from the kids that and, and each and every one of them would have at some point said i don't want to do this or i yeah. can't do this or i hate it um yeah but varying it and making it and differentiating it to to the needs of our young people getting them excited yeah. You know what? Ultimately, they're not they're not they're not competing for a gold medal. They're not competing for the Olympics. They're not yeah. competing for a world championships or anything like that. They're competing for themselves, yeah. and that's how yeah. we need to look at it. And that's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Really is. Okay, so for some children, they might be unsure about getting involved in sports and team games due to lack of confidence, which we've touched on, or, you know, it can also be their physical abilities. So what would your suggestions be for a child that perhaps has poor hand-eye coordination? Um, and have you had any experience with yeah, this? Yeah, we have. Um, and I think using our therapy team uh, around us really helps. Um, asking them for advice. Uh, our warm-ups are, use uh, combinations of 
uh, exercises that the OT would support with. So building up the core strength that the kids don't necessarily realise that they're building up the core strength, you know, things like that, yeah. that that will complement what's happening with therapy and therapy complement what's happening with uh, sport and exercise. Um, so the lack of confidence, I would like to say that a, a, it does take time. Not, yeah. We've got superhero kids that aren't necessarily going to show their superhero skills immediately. Uh, it might take a month, it might take a year, it might take two or three, but eventually yeah. something's going to click and they're going to go, yeah, smashing that. Um, and yeah. they might just have a fixation on squash or rugby fives or hockey. Do you know what? That's wicked because they're doing something that's getting them active. Um, yeah. And the poor hand-eye coordination, We would the best thing to do with that is just to keep encouraging it. Um, if you're asking yeah. a young person who's got poor... Uh, gross and fine motor skills to catch a tennis ball then you're setting them up for fail um yeah throw a cushion at them we you play catch with kids um yeah why make it hard for them make it easy it's not about whether or not you find it easy it's about whether we're developing yeah. young people you wouldn't throw a kid in who can't swim um and go good luck um you know yeah. use a cushion use a beach ball use um use like, socks you know, a water balloon. Water, yeah, use a water balloon. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, areas are really key. And I think you'll find that a lot of the young people that have poor hand-eye coordination will also have issues with their writing. And there'll be a lot of work that the, the class teachers will be doing to support that young person. And again, it's about communication mm-hmm. with um, class teachers, the therapy team, the, the other experts in, in fields to develop those young people yeah. so it, it can all uh move at in home as well home can Absolutely, you know can yeah just the throwing and catching and yeah, all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff going out for walks and, and playing frisbee you know or if you yeah. haven't got access to something like that um you can get indoor frisbees yeah just put away your glassware <laughs> okay. and all that stuff okay so we've talked a lot here about the positives for our children um and so what about any negative effects firstly are there any and if so, what should we be looking at? What what should we be looking out for? You know, is it p- perhaps if a child has taken uh, sports a step too far? Have you had any experience? Um, over exuberance in in a PE lesson or in sport? Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, and and I'll, I'll refer back to the relationship that you have with with that young person and using other young people as role models really helps. Yeah. In football, um, I'm sure all the other schools in the group will be following uh, something called the England DNA. Now, back in the day, um, it was it was not encouraged for a young person to spend too much time on the ball. Now, okay. now um, quite rightly, because we've got to, we've got to go into competing with all the other European nations and South yeah. American nations. They're really, they really encourage close ball work. And, and it's, it's an old school um, saying of being a ball hog. Okay, so okay. I would rather a young person be a ball hog, keep control of that ball because mm-hmm. they've shown that they've got um, they've got the skills and they're moving into space, uh, and then work on the passing. But you have to really work carefully on that because if you've got a group of sixteen young people playing football mm-hmm. and you've got one player being a ball hog, the rest of his team are yeah. going to get really frustrated. That's 
takes away from the team spirit does, and all yeah. that. It's not, and, and teamwork isn't about one person. It's about the whole lot. So um, mm. with sport, it's a lot of it. It's about the social development as well, how it's going to be perceived by you, you, you the players. You use role models in global players. Um, you, yeah. you know, you'd say, you'd say like, uh, um, I want to bring up a Preston North End player, but I could mention it, but no one will know who he is. So um, I'll bring in... Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard or Jordan Henderson or someone like that. Um, yeah. And say, look, how many goals do they score? Very little. Yeah, yeah. What do they do yeah. for the team? Would you say that they are a team player? And if they're not interested in football, we'll, we'll look at something else. Um, look, else. Look, you yeah. could use Marvel. You could say Hawkeye isn't the, the main person you think of for the Marvel films. But without him, Thanos would have won. <laughs> Okay, it's, it's understanding that it's okay to have those skills, but if you're one player versus eleven, you're going to lose. But uh, as a yeah. team, you yeah. work well, and that team spirit and that teamwork and that ethics that come around working in a team um, is replicated in their in their studies, in their academic development, in their social development, and sets them up for life. It has an all. What, what you're saying there is that. Sport can be the beginning and a not and, a, and have massive knock-on for all of those other things yeah, you've just mentioned. Right. I mean, sport yeah. is. I mean, there was there was something that came out last uh, last week about more of an emphasis on English maths and science and and pushing sport away even more. I absolutely understand the importance of English maths and science. Absolutely, oh, yeah. they are they are cornerstones to everything that we are trying to get for our young people. But. Without sport, without exercise, without building up that heart rate, without uh, feeling good about yourself, which sport will inevitably give you, yeah. they're secondary. You're not going to know how to share. You're not going to know how to do, to work as a, on a tactic. You're not going to work how to create, a, I don't know, a PowerPoint for a display for a, for a, a group of people when you're older. You're not going to be able to know all those skills. Yeah. And, and sport should be brought back into more of the educational psyche, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's important to give people lots of opportunities to succeed as well, yeah. isn't it? You know, like we were saying earlier, sport might not be for, for everybody, but for some people it's a real opportunity yeah. for them to show off their talents and skills and have success, whereas they might not be as, you know, enjoy maths as much. Yeah, and I've, and I've, mentioned, I've mentioned team sport a lot, but walking, it costs nothing to go for a walk. And it can be social yeah. as well. You know, you can go with your friends and things like that. So, so yeah, no, great stuff. So we'll move on to our next one now. So let's get back to the yeah. positives. So what about the academic benefits of fitness for people? Oh, I'm glad. You, I'm so pleased you asked me about this. Now, I've reread all my research that I sent you. Um, <laughs> and I've tried to make sure that it's it's definitely pitched it the way that that it's understandable and accessible to everybody yes. okay yes. so um just a few key points there has been this is all based on research so this is not anecdotal this is all research based um if anyone's ever interested in reading more about the impact of exercise or sport on the brain especially with neurodiverse young people look for dr john ratey he is the man He's based in Harvard. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Um, and he's collated, he's conducted a huge amount of research on this. So one of the um, key points is it increases the synaptic receptors and pathways. If you stand up now, 
In fact, come on, let, genuinely, let's stand up. Can you stand up with your headphones on? I still, to be fair. Go on, all right, stand so and all. Now, science has proved that your synaptic pathways are firing at between 4 and 7% more than they were just by sitting down. Okay. Just by doing that, easy thing. Now, if you think about that over a period of time, if you think about that doing it in a classroom, um, your young people are are learning and absorbing more information. They have to be because this science yeah. has proved it. Okay. And do you feel tired? Do I feel tired Just now? Standing. Just standing, no. Could you no. do this for the rest of the interview? Stand up, yeah. yeah. And by the end of it, you'd have created... <laughs> you'd have created... Between four and seven percent more synaptic pathways than you would have just by sitting down. Easy. Yeah, so okay. that's the first thing. So that's just by exercise on that. I'll let you sit back down because you do look slightly uncomfortable there. <laughs> um, it increases serotonin, dopamine, and glutamate, which are all neurotransmitters. So if you increase your heart rate, if you've got a sweat going on, or you're feeling a little bit out of breath, the research has shown, science has shown that it increases serotonin, dopamine, and glutamate which are all neurotransmitters, which help our young people and help everybody, actually, not just young people, adults yeah. to kids. Right. Um, yeah. Improve those neurotransmitters. Those neurotransmitters are the little pathways that go between uh, receptors in your brain that, that the electricity kind of sparks through and creates new memories and all those kind of things. Um, it also shows that, re that exercise helps the brain grow. Helps the brain grow? How nuts <laughs> is that? You're just a bit passionate about tell? this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. So if there was a if there was a, a me here who was really sedentary and didn't really do anything versus the me that does all my swimming and all that kind of thing, my brain yeah. would be bigger. My brain would be bigger than the lazy head. <laughs> it's science. It's facts. It's, it's, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. And this is why I'm mm -hmm. saying that we mentioned about English, maths and science being at the forefront of education. But without the sport to back it up, without exercise to back it up, it's kind yeah. of like you, you're really struggling against the wind here. It optimizes yeah. alertness and the, the attention span, so which is really important for our neurodiverse young people. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, and it improves mm -hmm. mood, motivation, and comprehension. I mean, okay. there's, there's just a, literally just a, a few of the areas that sport or exercise has on young people. Making it sound like there's nothing sport can't do. Yeah. Okay. So um, we'll move on to our next question now. So, and this is what we were just talking about, actually, really. I know that if I start my day by going for a run, the likelihood is that I'll generally feel better about myself, but also I'll probably manage any challenges that are thrown at me that day more positively than if I hadn't gone for the run. So, can I think this is a big uh, and important thing. So can you talk us through activity and mental health and, and how this can have a good influence on our children? Um, yeah, so uh, like we've mentioned, the, the increase of neuroreceptors, the increase of feeling good hormones yeah. um, does increase during exercise. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that's, those studies have shown that over the past 20, 30 years, um, we hear in the NHS people with who suffer from from depression or any low moods that the that some doctors will um, prescribe exercise or yeah, uh, you know yeah. reduced uh, swimming lessons or gym lessons or gym sessions and things like that. So it it does help mental health. Um, it's it's 
difficult at times with some of our young people because of the the amazing complex superhero needs that they have um i can't think of a time that i've i've seen some of my colleagues or i've personally delivered lessons with our young people or been involved in 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 pe where young people haven't come off looking absolutely exhausted uh with a smile on their face or that kind of glow yeah yeah Yeah. everybody's going to smile not everyone's going to be able to tell you they're enjoying it again i can think of another young person um who doesn't like communicating very well very unsure about talking um but i can tell in those eyes that when the ball's smacked in rounders and yeah or the ball is coming at me like a torpedo in uh, football uh, there's something yeah and yeah something Mm -hmm. very other very few other uh activities can do i suppose gaming can do it but you're not going to be getting the 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 same level of chemical reaction in your brain it's not helping your brain grow um or there's there is little evidence to say that it helps your brain grow surely it's better doing it in real life than doing it with x's and y's i don't know I'm sure there's places for it. Okay, so we're coming to our sort of final, it's not even a question really, but just our final point. I like to finish these podcasts on a bit of a positive message or like a thought, a bit of advice, just a final thought from our speaker. So so as we close today, what's your final message or final thought to leave? Well, I thought, I thought I'd just bring it down to three words. Um, okay. Exercise your brain. Okay, cool. What a good, I was like, I like that message. Short and sweet, but very positive. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, I mean, that was a fantastic podcast. And, you know, thanks so much for your time today, Ed. It's really appreciated. And like I've already said, really lovely to speak to someone who has so much passion for sport, but also supporting children and young people as well. And so that brings us to the end of today's session. If you are listening to this, you might already be signed up to the podcast or following us on one of the online platforms. Um, But if not, please do visit Podbean or Apple Podcasts where you can follow us as it will search for with sack group and then you'll be able to hear firsthand when new episodes are released and um, so thanks again to ed you. for his time today, to our listeners and we'll see you on another podcast in the future bye for now bye.